Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I don't think Michael's ever done drugs. It's Mike Shope. I don't know if anyone's ever offered him any. Let's go over some of the symptoms of marijuana use, shall we? You tell me who this sounds like. It's the bulldog. Slow moving. Inattentive. Dull. Constantly snacking. Shows a lack of motivation. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog on WGR Sports Radio 550. Today in football, Washington introduced, it's a funny word for it, introduced Cliff Kingsbury to the media. Hey, media, this is Cliff, Cliff Media. They asked him what his idea of an ideal quarterback is. He said the Chiefs quarterback was his answer. (laughs) That's pretty good. Kingsbury coached Caleb Williams at USC. It's kind of chalky. Yeah. A little bit too easy, you think? Yeah. Just to say the Chiefs quarterback. (laughs) Mike Giardi with us. Mike, is he allowed to even refer to Patrick Mahomes? Don't you get fined for that? Like, is that good? Yeah. I think it's not tampering. Tampering? I think it is. Uh, Cliff. Cliff's screwing up already. (laughs) Mike with the Boston Sports Journal. We'll talk some Patriots and some some draft here. Thanks for joining us, Mike. We always uh, look forward to it. I, I always look forward to it as well. Thank you. 31 years since the Patriots were at the top of the draft quarterback conversation. Is it a given for you that they will draft one of the top three, or is there any sort of plan B scenario, a trade or a Marvin Harrison that you might think they would go for? I think there is a plan B. I mean, I think, I think ideally uh, they'd like to land on a quarterback, but I don't think they're going to push the issue. Uh, I think either Drake may or, Jaden Daniels, who we expect to be 2-3 in some sort of order. Uh, I think if one of those guys, if they believe that that's a franchise quarterback, then they'll have no problem making the selection. But I think they learned some lessons maybe from the, the Mac Jones experience. You know, he was the fifth quarterback taken in the first round. And even though he had that terrific first year, you know, relatively speaking, compared to the other guys, it obviously went south very quickly in years two and three. I think so there may be a little bit of um, a post-traumatic stress from that like do 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 we want to we want to make sure you got to be right here and 
look, if you look at some of the more recent trades when a team is, especially when a team's come out for a quarterback, you can get a pretty good haul. And if you look at the offensive roster that the Patriots have, I mean, quarterback is a massive issue, but so are the left and right tackle spots. So is wide receiver. So is tight end. Like there's, there's a lot that needs to be done offensively. So, you know, again, I think they'd love to go quarterback, but if it's not there, I can totally see him sliding back, you know, maybe at eight with Atlanta, maybe 11 with Minnesota and, you know, addressing other issues and maybe picking that quarterback in the, in the second round really comes down to how they feel about the third quarterback because they're, they're in line to at least do that. I mean, I suppose something else could happen uh, above them, but they're picking so high already as it is, Mike. Like, what's your? Do you have a, a read at this point of how they feel about, well, the other two guys, presuming that Caleb Williams ends up going one overall to someone, if not the Bears? Well, they just sort of they're, – they're still sorting out their front office. Um, it, it appears – I've been reporting for several weeks, and now it's gotten legs elsewhere that Elliot Wolf is going to be in charge, but maybe not with the GM title. And that would allow them to sort of sidestep the, the Rooney rule. And Wolf has been here. He's, you know, he's the son of Ron Wolf, the great general manager for a million years, Hall of Fame general manager. Um, Elliot's been here for a few years and developed a good relationship with Gerard Mayo, the, obviously the new head coach, and also with the ownership. And he's someone that's been in the running and has finished runner up a couple different times as a GM. So I, I think it's a, it's a, it's the right decision with Elliot. I think he's done pretty much everything in football and now he's going to have this, you know, pseudo GM role, but he's known as being aggressive. So, you know, what does, what does that mean? You know, I don't think anyone's getting up to one, um, but maybe there is a possibility to slide up to two if they really liked, let's just say Drake may, and and maybe Washington is you know so so I think that's the that's the big thing. But they bring in Alonzo Highsmith from Miami, and he he and Wolf were were you know best buds and, and in lockstep back in the in the Cleveland days. So like I think there's still some stuff that needs to be ironed out in terms of how much influence they have. They're bringing in Ben McAdoo as an offensive assistant, sort of a almost like an assistant head coach. And you of course remember him as a failed head coach for a year and a half with the, with the giants, but he's considered a pretty well-respected evaluator, a quarterback. So he's just getting into the mix. And I think it's going to take a little while to sort of figure out, you know, if they like one of those guys enough to, to take him at three. McAdoo had the guts to take Eli out. That was pretty good. Uh, it, it, high, wholly unpopular move, but I, I, I respected it. Uh, like that was going that well. Is Alex Van Pelt not there too? Van Pelt will be the offensive coordinator. Okay. But so the the way that whole thing went down, I think they had their eyes on a couple of the young offensive coordinators. Nick Kelly, who used to be a Patriots assistant, he's now with the Rams. And Zach Robinson, who, of course, is now the new OC with the Atlanta Falcons as he went with Raheem Morris. And when they couldn't make that work, I think Van Pelt was the – he was going to be the veteran coach that was paired with the young offensive coordinator, you know, kind of been there, done that sort of thing, help coach the quarterbacks that that sense. And then when that didn't go down, they were like, well, we really liked Alex. We wanted to hire him. So let's just make him the OC. He, he was the OC in, in Cleveland for the last four years. He just didn't call plays. He, in fact, he hasn't called plays since 2009 with the Buffalo Bills. But uh, that's, that's sort of the, the hierarchy. And I'm not even – quite sure how the Van Pelt McAdoo thing will work, mm-hmm. you know, because are they going to kind of conspire together to create the offense or is it, it's Alex, is it Alex show and, and McAdoo will just sort of oversee everything. 
Was there anything surprising about how Mayo was elevated and Belichick was, you know, shown the door? Um, anything about any of that surprise you? I think what surprised a lot of people, considering this team gets covered like, well, as you guys know, you guys covered the Bills like crazy too. This team gets covered. Nobody knew that Mayo had signed the the contract in the offseason. We, we knew he'd signed the contract in the offseason. In fact, they announced it. But no one knew that there was a successor clause in there. Mm-hmm. And I think that caught everybody by surprise because you think about, you know, for 24 years you have Bill Belichick running your program. And instead of moving on from the, you know, arguably the greatest coach of all time, the head coach of all time, or one of them, and being able to talk to all these people, no, you had already married yourself to, to Gerard Mayo. And that, I mean, I think a lot of people are surprised by that. I, I think they did themselves a disservice. Now, if Mayo turns out to be the next great thing, then, you know, they can mm-hmm. wag their finger in everyone's face. But I think they sort of, they didn't, they, they didn't do due diligence. And I think that's a mistake. I just go back to the, the Mike Tomlin hiring in Pittsburgh all those years ago. That was supposed to be Ken Wisenhunt's job. But they interviewed Tomlin, and when they got out of the interview with Tomlin, they're like, it's not Ken Wisenhunt, it's Mike Tomlin. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and, you know, I'd say yeah. that's worked out pretty well for them. Yeah. You know, the, <laughs> the, the Mayo hiring, like, an easy point to make, and I've made it, uh, <laughs> go figure, uh, is, you know, look, look around the league at, at the lack of success that Belichick – uh, people from the Belichick tree, Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels, maybe most notably, have had, um, and like, th- it doesn't seem to work. And like, so why are you in such a hurry to usher another of Belichick's proteges in? But I feel like the Mayo, the the narrative around him is that he's maybe not from that mold. I think maybe the biggest mistake those guys, McDaniel and Patricia specifically, make going to new teams is trying to be Bill Belichick, and like it just doesn't work if you're not the, the guy with all the all the hardware already. Um, and maybe Mayo's cut a little bit differently. I think that's the hope. I think that's what they're selling. Um, and I, and knowing Gerard, having covered him as a player and then, you know, the last four or five years as, as a coach, one of the things about Gerard that stands out is sort of the relationships that he creates with the players that's created with the players. And I think, um, Bill was never that way. I think Josh McDaniel's failings in two spots, Denver and Vegas, I think trace directly back to that. Um, even Brian Flores in Miami, you know, where it was a 500 record, they were a decent football team, a decent program for three years. But, like, he rubbed everybody, even coaches, coaches, players, like the whole the front office, the owner, obviously. Like, <laughs> he, he just constantly grinding everybody and creating difficulty with those relationships. And that's kind of what Mayo's specialty is supposed to be, relationships. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's a different when you're – when you're the linebackers coach, as he likes to remind us, because he, 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 he never had a higher title than that here. He wasn't the defense coordinator, even though he helped lead those. He actually led those meetings and helped create the plan. Like, he, he never was that. Now you're the guy. Everybody's looking to you. And every every decision will be scrutinized to the nth degree. We'll, we'll see if he can maintain that. But that's, that's who he's been. And we'll see if he can carry that over as a head coach. With Mike Giardi here on WGR, if I remember this uh, incorrectly, Mike, I hope that you'll tell me, we had a conversation, the three of us, uh, back in the summer, talking about what's going to happen this year in New England, and you said something like, 
look, if they go 5-12, and 12, it's over for mm-hmm. Belichick. And I referred to that a few times during the season. like Because that was not – everybody would have said that back then. I wonder how you remember like how popular or common an opinion that was. Is this all a little bit surreal when you have a coach with all the success they've had and just like so much a fixture – with that organization, I think it'll be very weird watching New England at the beginning of the season. Without him there, it was without Brady and now without Belichick too. It's what happens, but I wonder what it, how it's how strange it might be to sort of be covering all this. No question it wasn't very popular, um, and it wasn't – I mean, I think there were a couple of other folks that covered the team that sort of felt like, you know, this if this starts to go sideways, they might bail on him. Um, but to watch it play out the way it did, I think we talked during the season at one point where, you know, like the, the, the two losses in week four and week five, the 38 to three and the 34 to nothing at home to the saints. Mm-hmm. That was like, like, this is really like, you got to put this on the table. This is on the front burner now. Like this could go sideways and it, you know, or go worse than it's been going. And, and it basically did. And to see the last game, you know, the weather wasn't great. They're playing the jets. The jets are out of it. You're out of it. You know, you're playing Bailey Zappi. They're playing Trevor Simeon. Um, you know, it was 15 degrees, and it was lightly snowing, and the wind was blowing, and it was just a nasty day. And to see – but but people kind of – at that point, you're like, I think Belichick might be done. And to see 30,000 people show up in the stadium for Bill Belichick in, in likely his last game, and there was no acknowledgement. You know, there's a few signs in the crowd, but, like, it just was very – you say what you want about Bill and his, the way he carried himself and his relationships with everybody, um, but to see it kind of end that way, and that's like the lasting memory of it. Him had the big face mask on, you know, covering like all but his eyes. It was bizarre, and just it, it wasn't. Uh, I guess nothing ends really the way you want it to. Right. Largely, you know, if you're John Elway, maybe you walk out on top, you know, as a, as the quarterback or whatever. But like it just it struck me. Like that was pretty. That was pretty rough. Pretty pretty hard way to go out for a guy who brought so much joy and happiness to the region for you know twenty twenty plus years. Wasn't Brady's final pass intercepted in in that pick six? Pick six, pick six by former by former teammate Logan Ryan, and they lost to Ryan Tannehill. Right. In the playoffs at home, yeah, that's right. that's yeah, it's it's pretty ugly. That was that's comparable to how Kelly left here back in '96. We were around back then and you know you're at home in the playoffs the bills at that time had never lost a playoff game in that stadium like jacksonville who's jacksonville has a team and right. and kelly gets hurt and they lose and then it, that's just it right i mean you're just not that's the finality of it that's one thing that's great about sports like you just yeah. you walk in there with one sort of mindset the patriots don't lose at home to tennis to Tannehill, and then they do and wow like just that's the end of it just like that yeah, all, that, ball, ball all that's all that said, mm-hmm. Mike, are you are, how surprised, if at all, are you that Belichick did not generate more interest on the market during the coaching hire cycle? So you know there was talk around here. I'll go. They won't fire him until they can trade him. Like there's all you know, like oh, they might be able to get a first round pick for him. And I, I just think what it tells you is all that comes with Bill, and then the age on top of it, you know, it'd be 72 to start this upcoming season, you know, and now if he sits out there, well, he's going to sit out a year. 73, if he tries to come back the next year, like how long do you actually get him for? And then he's not a modern coach. And it's like we, we talk about this. We used to talk about this here all the time. Like, could you drop Bill Belichick, you know, even say 10 years ago 
as a brand-new head coach with the way he coaches and drop him into the league, would it work? And I think the general consensus was, eh, it might not. For as smart as he is as a football guy, the way the league and the people and kids are being raised and the players that are coming in, it's a, it's a different world. And I think it was hard for a lot of owners to sort of shape how would we make this work? How would this look? Yeah. Um, and, it, and you know, like, look, Arthur Blank came out and said, like, he didn't demand total, you know, power over the entire organization, which I think was a sort of the initial buzz was like, he's still going to want to go in there and draft. He's still going to want to go in there and put all his people in place. And Blank said, no, straight up, he didn't. But you hire a 47-year-old Raheem Morris or whatever he is, and you hope that you have the next great coach for 15 years. Do you hire Bill Belichick? What do you get? You get in two years, you get in three. Like, it just, I think that's hard. And I think it'll be hard next year. I, maybe there's a team. I think now the next, you know, so we sort of move down the line. Now the next thing is, well, well, if Dallas flames out again, you know, if they had a good year and they lose in the playoffs again, <laughs> right, McCarthy right. doesn't have a contract. Or if Sirianni in Philly, if they don't make it work, maybe they go to him as the sort of stopgap, get us over the hump. And then, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll live with the, trying to find a new coach two years from now if you can get us a Super Bowl. But like I said, I, I'm not sure that that's – I'm not totally buying into that either. I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if it's over, period. Mm-hmm. Mike, uh, before you go, so you probably saw this, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl again. <laughs> and, like, if you're us, Buffalo, you're Baltimore – uh, San Francisco is maybe the best example, having lost to them in the Super Bowl twice now. What are you supposed to do? What are we supposed to say here to sort of make next year sound like it will be different? You just sort of hang out and you make your roster moves and you roll the dice again, you know, roll the ball out, so to speak, and see what happens. I guess that's what you do. But, you know, for the Bills in particular, losing at home to them, it's just sort of changed the – it's changed something in, in terms of the outlook here. Like it was it, before this year it was get them at home and yeah. they lost. So um, I don't know, like the bills have their, some cap issues this year too. It's just kind of, it's a little bit more challenging to talk about because there's just sort of no move that you want, you need them to make or, you know, some different uh, setup for a game against Kansas city where you can sort of be confident that they might win the game. It feels exactly, I mean, and the the comparison has been made a bunch, but it feels a lot like it was with the Patriots and all the teams that were constantly trying to figure out a way to beat Belichick and Brady are now trying to do the same thing with Reed and Mahomes. And if you're, was it three years ago now, Brandon Bean said like the, you know, we're like, that's the goal. We got to figure out a way to beat Kansas city. I don't think the goal changes. Obviously there's, as you mentioned, the cap is going to make it a little bit more difficult, but I still think you're aiming for that. You know, you, you can't, and, and you can clean up the cap pretty quickly, you know, here's doing this and do that. We saw it last year, right? Weren't they like 28 million over the cap at one point? And then very quickly with four (laughs) guys, they they fixed that, you know, maybe it's a little harder when you're 50 million versus 20, but you know, I, he'll play around with it because I think he looks at it and says, we were right there again. And you know, we, they probably gave them as good a game as anybody until San Francisco in the, in the, in the Super Bowl, And even then, like, uh, you know, I don't know, San Francisco, Kyle Shannon's going to have to live with that one for a while. But I I would say that that remains, you still have Josh Allen. And as long as you have Josh Allen, you're going to be a contender. As long as you can keep him upright and healthy. Sounds good to me. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, um, 
Enjoy your off season, uh, right? Like we we uh, are kind of there. We'll be a month before the combine or so, and um, football is not supposed to have an off season anymore. But hopefully, you can uh, find find time for one. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping to find some sun at some point because we haven't seen any in New England here. It feels like for about two months. So, Where is yeah. that sun? Where did it go? <laughs> Every year God. with this, I know. It's not, it's not depressing at all. Right? <laughs> no, no, definitely doesn't affect our moods. No, not at all. Thank you, Mike. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks. Mike Giardi, Boston Sports Journal. We shouldn't be complaining. We had we had, we had had a few days in a row of sunshine. I know. It's, um, it's, the, it's a record. It is, really. It had been like a month, literally, with no sunshine. And then we got, I don't know, like three, four days in a row there last week or two weekends ago. People are still asking themselves that that was real. Well, you'll have baseball to, to look in on here with pitchers and catchers. Your pitchers, your catchers, your baseball teams are all showing up for work. If you've been following what, what, I, what I'm seeing, it might be an ad, so I apologize. Um but I've I've seen a, a number of tweets regarding the, the the controversy about the jerseys. Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> it's horrendous. It's terrible. I it, I it, don't go ahead. I hope it's the thing because fans have been getting victimized by this for already a, a couple of years. I think in all sports, fanatics, fanatics. And now the Major League Baseball players, at least in spring training, are getting jerseys that, like, the font is all screwed up with the names, and they feel like they're cheap replicas, which they probably are. And, like, hopefully that forces some change. Because it seems like the easiest thing in the world to get right is people want to give you $250 for jerseys. Like, okay, make them well. (laughs) they just cannot seem to do it and it's just unbelievable it is and for many years i've said like how much would they even cost to make like to make them well costs what to make right but this costs less um yeah i i totally am paying attention to that i consider myself to have a very keen eye when it comes to jerseys uh, I don't really wear them as much as i used to but like i'll notice discrepancies and there is no question that these Major League Baseball jerseys look terrible. The the shading is wrong. The letters are smaller. There's just no, it's just obvious. Look at the Red Sox, the Cardinals, the Giants. It's just, they look so bad. I am judgy. 
And if you're walking around in that and I see you, I'm like, oh, well, right. not, not great. Not great. And, and I, I just, I, I, what, I, what, what I immediately think of, I mean, it's one thing if, like, you or I, like, we're aware of this, and so we know, uh, we might still feel like, you know, one of our kids or a friend, a friend's kid or, or us even, we want a jersey. And so, okay, well, that, I guess I got to take my chances with this company, like, buyer beware. I, I just think of, like, any parent, any grandparent who's not, like, plugged into it, and their right. grandkid wants a jersey, and they're going to go try to get this thing, and it's going to show up, and the guy's name's going to be spelled wrong or something. Yep. It's, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's <laughs> so bad. Like, sports fans, like, we, we're used to getting trampled on, I think, right? We, we got to pay for your stadium, and we got to pay 50 bucks for parking, and we got to pay 12 or $18 for our beer and all, all the stuff. Can you at least get the jersey that we're willing to pay an astronomical markup on, right? Can you partner with people who will actually make them well? Please? No? Okay. What the hell? Perfectly said. Exactly right. I'm, I'm judgy about the jerseys, but I recognize how expensive they are, like the, the real ones, and, you know, that's just not fair. And it, I respect it if you can't afford 300 bucks or something for, like, an authentic NHL jersey, but, oh, you're so right. Like, it's just terrible. 803-0550 for your calls. Talking the Patriots and the NFL season there with Mike Giardi. First hour a lot on the Sabres. We're asking what has been their biggest mistake in these going on 13 years without a playoff appearance that's not official yet, 13. They won the other night, and maybe they'll get on a roll. Like the last time they made it, or last year, both seasons where they kind of came out of nowhere and made it made it interesting or made the playoffs, especially 11. That's how I remember that season. Um, what do you think? What's the one thing they've done that was the worst decision? We'll have the Sabres and Panthers tonight, of course, pregame at 6 here on WGR. When you look at today's NFL, what type of quarterback, like the ideal fit, the characteristics, the traits that you want to work with here in Washington? Uh, the Chiefs quarterback. Cliff Kingsbury there made a mention of that earlier from his press conference in Washington. Scott Abraham is the name of the reporter, by the way. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog here, the Sabres home to Florida. First meeting of the season between the Sabres and Sam Reinhart's Panthers. It's the only visit Florida makes to Buffalo this year. The Sabres go there twice, including in two weeks. Vegas, I don't know why I would think of them, uh, is here March 2nd. So that'll be two weeks from Saturday. How about uh, it's a good little rivalry, Sabers and Panthers. Like they, they, okay. the games, the games have been a little, a little nasty, um, more than one time. So I, I, you know, I don't know if that'll, that'll, that'll rear its head tonight. But you know, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, they, they've had, they've had some, some uh, run-ins. I would say. I mean, no, no famous brawls or anything, but there seems to be some animosity between. Uh, Darlene and maybe Kachuk, Kachuk and just guys on that team. I mean, they they certainly Kachuk is maybe the poster boy for like the guy in the league that is a great player and is super annoying. Oh, maybe the Sabers' biggest mistake is not finding the way to drafting him. Oh, let's let's open the 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 cupboard up for all the players they didn't pick. Right. Let's do that. Well, they didn't have a look. I mean, he got picked before they picked. 
uh, Nylander uh, in that draft. The draft in Buffalo. Yes, that's right. Florida, two points behind Boston now. Yep. They're good. <laughs> in case you were wondering, them getting to the finals last year, maybe the fluke thing was how their regular season went last year because they barely got in. They're the team that got in instead of Buffalo. Uh, and there was a game, you know, this might add to the, the rivalry. There was a game down there late in the season, a 2-1 Panthers win, and they they beat you out and got hot and went on a run. But that's a that's a talented, good team. You know, no kidding about, like, the draft, too. Earlier we were talking about trying to name what we think the Sabres' biggest mistake has been in this historic NHL playoff drought. Thinking of Reinhardt and like, okay, what might it be? Could could they have signed Reinhardt to a bigger contract earlier? Uh, yes, I, I wanted them to, but I'm not sure it still doesn't come apart. You know, I Sneaky Joe heard our conversation. He's like, you could say trading Eichel was the biggest mistake that they made. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I felt like the whole thing was in such disrepair mm-hmm. that. Like I, 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 I was relieved when when they did that. Doesn't mean it had to be the right choice, but even the drafts. So, it astonishingly with like their their high picks, their top two picks: Reinhardt, Eichel, Darlene, Owen Power. Maybe it's too soon, but I don't feel like there's any sort of real concern about him. Mm-hmm. You could pick someone else. I mean, maybe in every case. Maybe not in Eichel's, but it well, Pasternak. You, in every case, you could find someone <laughs> sure. else. I mean, yeah. that was never going to happen, though. Dreisaitl was the name for the Reinhardt draft. Reinhardt yep. is an excellent player. And there was also Sam Bennett, who I think is also on this Florida team, right? Maybe? Just, um, yeah. It, it isn't glaringly obvious that e- these big picks were were mistakes. You know, that's one one more way that... It sort of confounds you that the Sabres have gone so long since they won anything. Yeah. Sorry about that. I was I was I was gone for a second, so I, I missed a, a bit of that. I don't know if you were waiting for me to start start talking. <laughs> but I, I lost you uh for a moment. I'm back now. Right, you got me? Um mm-hmm. Okay. Um yeah, like I, I, I wouldn't like I, I'm I'm tongue in cheek with like not picking Matthew Kachuk. Maybe, you know, thinking of the Eichel trade, you you referencing this conversation with, with Sneaky Joe about the Eichel trade. Do you remember before they made the trade, there there was a Kevin Weeks, Matthew Kachuk, like, may, maybe not working harder to make that the Eichel trade. Maybe that's, maybe that's the biggest mistake they ever made. Because uh, Kachuk is like, he's one of those sort of franchise-defining type players. Um is brings everybody with him that that style of player, and he's a great productive player um, to go with it. Um, so maybe maybe that's the biggest mistake they made is not trading for Matthew Kachuk when they had to unload Eichel. It's always would be so great to know what trades were available to teams. Right. You know, was that possible? Was there some other trade that was close? You know, you just never get to know that stuff. Usually, too bad. I want that to be a law that they have to tell you all the. Yeah, I would love to know. I would love to know that. Uh, you know about anything, of course, but even th- this specifically, because it to me the writing was on the wall for Kachuk. I mean, obviously, it's easy to say now because he did end up forcing his way out of Calgary, but that was that was looking like it was going to happen. So, like that, pounce on that, man. Um, so anyway, yeah. Not only do you never get the trades that didn't happen from general managers, 
you get instead like the this effort, this strained effort to make sure everybody knows we're not actually trying to trade any of our players ever. <laughs> right. Okay, sure, sometimes you get calls. You have to take them. You have to listen. But we're not shopping. We had Adams talk about Casey Middlestad in this way on Tuesdays. I just want to clear one thing up. A lot of that's untrue. We're not shopping them. Okay. You know, you just they try so hard to avoid any sort of internal friction, I guess, if a player believes he's being, quote, shopped. Today there was one about Peyton Krebs, speaking of the Eichel trade, mm-hmm. that Philadelphia has scouted him and has interest in him, but just so everybody knows, there have been no trade discussions. Because why would you want to have a discussion with another team about a player you like and have scouted on their team? Like, why would you ever want to have that happen? You know, we, we have to just let the record show we've never talked to another team about anyone. Right. Yeah, there's no, there's no conversation here, but we're telling you we know they like them based on what? That their scouts have been at, at Sabres games? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like that's, that, that's it? That's the smoking gun? Maybe they liked them a long time ago. Maybe they're watching them now. Somehow yeah. there's a report that they like the player and maybe have interest, but stop it. It's a, it's a blog, probably, that's just making up stuff. They're not actually discussing him with Buffalo. They would never do no, that. No. They would never do that. The last time the Sabres were in the playoffs, Marcus Foligno and Luke Adam were their rookies. I believe Luke Adam just won a Lifetime Achievement Oscar. That's how long ago this was, that he was a rookie. For, I believe he just won like the, the, the Lifetime Achievement Award, you know, like for, for decades of work in the film industry. He just won it, Luke Adam. You didn't even know he was in movies. No, I didn't. I, That's what, I, whatever happened to him. That's I, what happened. I, I, to him. I missed that. I did. I missed that. Yeah. He was in every James Bond movie. Kennedy Center Honors. Yes, Luke Adam. Yes, he's been in literally every James Bond movie ever made. Back to Doctor No. Were you ever into James Bond? Did you ever have a like a phase, uh, a dalliance? I, I guess I'd have to say yes. I, I never bought the movies, like a box set of them or anything. Um, but I remember seeing maybe uh, The Man with the Golden Gun in the theater. Uh, if not, Live and Let Die, too. Okay. Uh, as, as well. Not uh, there was a, Roger there Moore. Been a, oh, yeah, right. There might have been a Live and Let Die, too, part two, but I'm saying as well as. Um, and, and I can remember... Going back and watching the, the a couple of the Connery ones on cable or whatever at some point uh, and being interested in that, uh, but yeah, no, I I don't I don't think I'm aggressively a Bond fan. You'd never call you've never in your life called yourself a Bond fan. No, no, but I I'm I'm fine with the movies. I mean, I don't dislike them or anything. You don't you don't uh, make fun of people who no ide- identify as James Bond fans. Self-identify. Not, not any more than I would make fun of anyone else for being like a, a huge fan of any movie uh, series. <laughs> it's all the same. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's all fine. Yeah, it's fine. Like, well, how does it compare with me liking Journey? More respectable. More respectable than Journey. Such great songs. That's a dead heat. I have never seen a single James Bond movie. Why? I don't know. No interest? I just, I don't know. Are they, you're not exactly selling me on the idea here, but I guess I, I could. I don't know. I could. If I were to, I'd want to go all the way back. I feel like I'd have a better chance of liking like the Sean Connery, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dr. No. Is there yeah. another one? There's probably oh, yeah. 10 other ones. Yeah, I don't know about 10, but yeah. no. What's one more? I can't name another one. Uh, thunder something? Thunderball? Thunder, Thunderball? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I think know. I might like Thunderball. Yeah, well, go, you should go check <laughs> Dr. it out. Doctor No, I think I might like that. Yeah. I loved Austin Powers, having no idea at all at the time that it was spoofing James Bond. <laughs> I had no idea. I, I went to a lot of movies in those years, like mid-90s, with my then-girlfriend. She was all about going to the movies. We get free tickets all the time for previews and stuff. In the movies all the time, maybe five times since. And Austin Powers, I loved it. I mean, I just laughed throughout. And had no idea that, like, there was all sort of an inside joke. Yeah. No idea at all. I don't know, man. There's, there's, um, for the era, um, I, I think it's, they're, they're like smart, funny, sexy, like, they, they kind of work. They're stylish. And Bond is very stylish. The cars are cool. I think you might enjoy it if you give it a shot. Okay. Cool cars. Yeah. I did see who's, who was the most recent. Well, maybe two Bonds. I don't even know who is Bond right now. Has Idris Elba taken that on? He's been rumored to be uh, uh, someone of interest for the Bond franchise. I don't know if he's done it. See, I can't um, even make a joke here like I would like to in my way because I couldn't probably name like a current actor okay. that would maybe be funny. I'd end yeah. up naming somebody old. Ebon Moss, Moss Bacharach. I'm going to use him for every that, one of these. That'd be, a, that'd be a reach for Bond. I don't see Bond Jeremy White. Future. The the star of that show's name is Jeremy White. Jeremy, he's got a middle. Jeremy Allen, Allen White. Jeremy Allen White, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Maybe it's him. Is he, is he the new Bond? Is he the current Bond? Nah. I don't, I don't see it. Nope. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> he might be, but I don't think it's going to work. It's really bothering me that I can't <laughs> think of the guy. Like I, I saw one of the movies with a more recent James Bond, and I just can't think of who it was. Daniel Craig. That's it. Okay, I know who that, that is. Thank you, Daniel Craig. All right, he's a little Craig. older. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw. I don't know if it was his. I don't know how many he's done, but I definitely saw in the theater a Bond movie with Daniel Craig. Wow, very current. The, po- the boys were turned on to the Bond movies by their by their grandfather. Uh, my my wife's dad is just a, a movie fanatic. Mo- when they were little, mostly all they would do when when they were at Grandma and Grandpa's is watch movies. Okay. Um, so they would have seen a lot of the Bond movies. And I think when when Daniel Craig's Bond turn came, I think we went, we all went to the theater for that. I see a lot of movies. They're just always the same movies. Yeah. And in no way is that depressing. 
I was not seeing a lot of movies. That's it's watching the same, the same movies, movies repeatedly. Many times. This happened last night. I, I, I have like 15 movies on this one app that are saved. I'm like, which what movie am I going to watch tonight? I could I feel like I can only pick from those 15. <laughs> I, I'm Oh, this other one is seven bucks. I'm not doing that. I've already bought this one. I almost watched Star Wars because of this point last night. Because we have the Star Wars uh, package. And I would never just like watch Star Wars, but... I'm looking at the screen last night. I'm probably awake for another hour and a half. Huh? Maybe I'll watch uh, Return of the Jedi. I didn't. Sabres and Panthers downtown pregame at 6. What has been their single biggest mistake during this playoff drought? Sam Reinhart coming up on 40 goals, leading his team and a career high. He's uh, going to be there tonight. Sabres in Florida. 6 o'clock pregame with Paul Hamilton. We'll take a break. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, WGR. Welcome back. Focused mostly on the Sabres today and say what you want. They're, they're past. What has been their biggest mistake? Really interesting to sort of explore that because a lot of things they did, draft picks, well, I, I don't want to overstate it, but didn't necessarily seem like bad ideas. It's just been 13 years almost since they've been in the playoffs and we've been going through it. Here is Kurt next. Hi, Kurt. Hi, guys. Um, Enjoying the show. So the biggest mistake to me, and I'm no aficionado, but it's the inability to identify uh, the proper coaches. I feel like we've had stud players come through the system, go to other teams and become fantastic, but I look back at, like, Housley, and the defense, ironically, under him was terrible. And then Kruger, we were really excited about the notion that he could bring something different to the table, but maybe what we needed at the table was a hockey coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think about, you know, with Granado, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to slip my optimism because I'm kind of wondering if he's like he can – make boys to men but can we lead men to the promised land um yeah so that's what i got like you said i think it's a good question there's a lot of things you could look to but i'm on coaching for now that's well done thank you i have the same kind of thoughts about granado just more just wondering with due respect to him like why not you know that's kind of where i end up with hockey a lot is just when you're losing well, even within one season, I know how it sounds and looks just to be changing all the time, but man, it just seems like more, you see, do you, do you see that more often than not? I mean, when teams are struggling, the Blues with their cup win, making a coaching change from the bottom of the standings, literally in the middle of the season, just, there's too many examples of that for me to think they've that the Sabres. This, they've done it again this year. I don't think they're going to be any kind of a cup team, but they, they've gotten a, a jolt from the coaching change. Um, we'll see. It's a mixed bag, right? Ottawa did it, and they're still behind the Sabres, I think. <laughs> they are. They, it might not last long. They've got games in hand, yeah. um, and they've gotten a little hot here now. But uh, to start off with Jacques Martin taking over for DJ Smith, they did not get results there, uh, at least not immediately. The Kings just did it, and I don't know. <laughs> weren't they supposed to be mad about how they lost to the Sabres a few weeks prior? They rolled in here and – slept walk through that game yeah and that coach is safe 
I think now it's yeah. it's been it's been a couple of games only. They're gonna they're gonna give that a little bit more time. Yeah, right. All right, thanks, Kurt. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog. We'll look for more of your takes on this getting into the five o'clock hour, and then pregame at six for Sabers Panthers here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.